Hello, and welcome to the Forward Together podcast. I'm Wichita State University President Rick Newman. My guest today is Dave Isay, founder of StoryCorps, a project with a mission to preserve and share humanity's stories and build connections among people and create a more just and compassionate world. As an offshoot of StoryCorps, Dave created One Small Step, which brings together strangers with different political views to record a 50-minute conversation, not to debate politics, but to learn more about who they are as people. Wichita is one of four anchor communities working closely with One Small Step and Dave to address what he calls the toxic polarization enveloping the country. The project started with 25 virtual conversations between Wichita area residents in 2020, facilitated through KMUW, Wichita Public Radio, and continues to expand. So, Dave, good to see you. Um, I, was, I was at the Chamber event a couple of years ago where you spoke to the community members here in Wichita, and I always thought it'd be great to have an additional conversation since we're working with you as a university and, and your organization and uh, KMUW, which is our NPR station. So we wanted to, to connect with you again and um, give people another opportunity to hear from you. Um, so, sound good? That sounds great. Thanks. Thanks. Tom. Yeah. So, I, I know that you've been on several uh, national uh, media um, programs, and but just for our listeners, could you give us a, a quick um, uh, understanding of why you started this one small step um, uh, initiative? Sure. And I'll and and um, I, I'm 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 thrilled to be on here. We're huge fan, fans of KMUW. It's a big part of why we're in Wichita. And um, you know Wichita State University as well, and it's a it's a privilege to speak with you. So I'll I'll take you back before um, the creation of of One Small Step. I founded an organization called StoryCorps twenty years ago. Um, and are are you familiar with that, uh, President? Yeah. So we so it's it's a very simple idea. We I was a, a radio documentary producer for decades before starting StoryCorps, and was always interested in the public service use of audio, um, as opposed to kind of entertainment or if, you know, at, at the best tying those together, but how, how can we use audio to make people's lives better? And had this kind of crazy idea. Um, we, we are based in New York and we put a booth in Grand Central Terminal, which is the big train station here, um, where you can bring anyone who you want to honor by listening to their story, your grandma, your mom, uh, a friend, your kid. You come to this booth, you're met by a facilitator who works for StoryCorps, who brings you inside, the door shuts, you're in Grand Central Terminal, but you're in complete silence. The lights are low. It's kind of a sacred space. Facilitator in the corner, you and your grandma, two mics. Um, and for 40 minutes, you ask questions and you listen. And from the very beginning of StoryCorps, people thought of this as if I had their 40 minute sessions. If I had 40 minutes left to live, what would I say to this person who's so important to me? Um, so very intense conversations. Uh, at the end of the 40 minutes, you get a copy. And another stays with us and goes to the Library of Congress so your great, 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 great grandkids can get to know your grandmother through her voice and story. Um, and over the years, it, it got extremely popular. We launched um, uh, air, special Airstream trailers to travel the country. And now we've had about 700,000 people participate, the largest collection of human voices ever gathered, single collection. And essentially what's happening is we're collecting the wisdom of humanity. You know, people say the important things to the people who are the most important to them and ask those important questions and feel, you know, safe to have conversation. You know, it reminds me in some ways of um, that this is not like great promotion and my communications people don't like when I say it, 
but it's got some similarity in some ways with hospice care that, you know, with, with what they say in hospice is when you're dying or you have a loved one who's dying, there's four things that you want to say to them or, or you want to say to your loved one, if you're dying, thank you. I love you. Forgive me. I forgive you. And in many ways, that's what happens in StoryCorps booths. People aren't a- actively dying for the most part when they're having these conversations, but they're having the most important conversations, the deepest, most profound conversations, saying the things that need to be said to the people who are most important to them. So that, so, you know, we, we, uh, and, and then we do excerpts of these stories that air on KMUW and are on, you know, we do animations that have been seen by, you know, hundreds of millions or, or, you know, a billion people, um, and, you know, these stories are just who we are, you know, the opposite of reality TV. No one comes to StoryCorps to get rich. No one comes to get famous. It's an act of generosity and, and love. Um, and really who we really are as, as Americans, I think, um, which kind of ties into what One Small Step is all about. I, I as founder of, of StoryCorps, um, again, a nonprofit that started out with just a few people, we're now quite large. Um, and, and, you know, really in the experts in, in how human beings connect with one another. And, you know, up until um, very recently, all of the hundreds, many hundreds of thousands of people who participated in StoryCorps and growing have known and loved each other. And I, you know, became concerned around 2015 with the growing uh, political uh, polarization, uh, toxic polarization in the country. Not the fact that we disagree with each other, which is fantastic. That's what a democracy is all about but that more and more across the political divides, we're not seeing each other as human beings. And, you know, the, the, it's gotten significantly worse since, uh, we started thinking about this, um, as, as, as you know, you know, the statistics are, you know, not, not good. Four and five, uh, voters now describe the other side as uh, brainwashed and hateful. Only one in 10, um, voters regard people with different politics as their, as theirs as reasonable. And this is extremely dangerous, toxic polarization, not seeing the human being across the divides from us. And we started thinking about whether there was anything we could do to help and developed a new methodology of doing StoryCorps that puts strangers across the political divide together, not to talk about politics, but just to get to know each other as human beings under the then premise and now truth that it's hard to hate up close. And, um, and uh, are kind of furiously trying to scale this thing um, with the, you know, a, a multi, multi-billion dollar kind of fear and hate industrial complex telling us that we should, you know, hate each other across the divides, trying to get this to some kind of scale in the country. And the dream, which is, you know, a moonshot dream, but, you know, we think we have a chance of pulling this off, of convincing the country it's our patriotic duty to see the humanity and people with whom we may disagree. So we, Wichita was, we picked a few, we were in four cities Wichita is one of them, um, ramping up every day the work that we're doing. We've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of One Small Step interviews in Wichita. Um, We love Wichita. Uh, And the dream is over the years, we're going to be there for the long term. And this is completely driven by the community. We were asked to come in. Um, We had, had, you know, hundreds of of cities that we considered working with. and, and, And Wichita was one where for a bunch of reasons, we thought this could succeed and we think it will succeed. We have a long way to go, but the idea is that, you know, Wichita becomes known across the country as a capital of human connection in the country and can, you know, socially norm the idea, show the rest of the country that, um, you know, that when we actually talk to people across the divides, we find that 
we share much more in common than divides us and that you know this kind of toxic polarization is ripping the country apart and it has the potential to do much deeper damage than it's done uh, even to this day yeah and he I'm listening to you talk, and it, this resonates uh, with me and my role as president here. You know, uh, one of the, the the issues that keeps coming up is freedom of expression and and people's resistance to hear one another. Um, and you know, one of the things that I th- I'm hoping for for this particular project that we'll we'll be able to get to a point where people were maybe years ago um, that that that. We can all sit down and have a conversation and learn something from. I like this whole idea that what you're saying is that we're all humans. Um, as a healthcare provider, I learned that a long time ago. That you know, whoever I'm seeing, it doesn't matter. You know what their background is. I need to be able to provide care for them. So um, I know it's not exactly what we're talking about here, but but I I, I no, definitely but I think see. It, but I think it is actually because I think they're very serious. Um, you you are you are a healthcare provider. Um, uh, and you were, you were doing public health. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think that the, that, the, that, you know, this polarization that we're seeing in the country and, and we think of this as something of a public health campaign poses, um, health risks. You know, when we are, um, when, when we stop believing in each other, we're scared of our neighbors. Um, we are suspicious. We get paranoid, you know, we're kind of in our bubbles. It lead, there are serious public health consequences. And I think that some of what we're seeing around, you know, depression in the country, depression with kids, um, uh, anxiety. I mean, it's it's extremely disturbing um, to live in a place where you, 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 you know, you, you don't trust anybody. And, and it's an illusion. I mean, that is it is just not true. You know, one of the things we learned from the larger story core is that, you know, and, and, and I mean, you know, that's from from where where you sit and the work you do at school that. You know, people are basically good, and we have to be able to see each other again. Um, or um, there are consequences up and down the line. And you know, we'd love to. I, you know, I, I, I I'm guessing your audience is largely um, students and alums. But you know, we'd love to get alums, students, um, uh, faculty involved in participating in these conversations. We need equal numbers of conservatives and and liberals. Um, but we want, you know, everywhere else in the country, you have to wait. There's waiting lists of months on end to participate in one small step. In Wichita, you go right to the top of the list. Um, so we want everyone to participate. And then we want to share the stories back with Wichita, eavesdrop. Uh, and I wish I had some to play with you. Maybe we can do another um, uh, segment at some point and play some of the stories from Wichita. But people, we know that people just hearing the stories anywhere in the country um, it changes them, you know, there, and, and, you know, one of the weird problems that we have is that we play excerpts of these stories and people, we've created a methodology that's extremely powerful. You know, we, we know what we're doing and people come out of these interviews. These are strangers across the political divides. They come out of the interviews almost always. And I would, and really you could almost say always as, as friends. And when people hear excerpts of what happens, when you put people together, one of the problems we're facing is they think they're actors because they cannot believe that people, you know, in most of media, people are presenting fake things and trying to um, convince people they're real. And we're play- playing real things and trying to convince people that they're not fake uh, because we're bombarded with messages about the fact that, you know, that we can't get along and people on the other side are completely nuts and, and, and you know, and even worse that they're not human or they're evil. 
And when you get down to it, there's there's just no truth to that. And that there's no nuance in people's political views. And that gets to what you're talking about in terms of freedom of expression on, on in the campus. You know, we kind of um, box the other side into two dimensional st stereotypes when there's actually usually a ton of nuance in what people believe. And, and it's much more complex than the um, flattening out of discourse that we've seen across the country. Yeah. So, and again, this resonates with me and probably others who are listening that, you know, the best part of life is hearing other people's stories. Yes. And, and yes. I, 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 I can't imagine not learning more about people and, 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 and what they what they do in their just regular daily life. Yeah. And being, and you know, I, I completely agree with you. And, and, you know, that's actually, it's interesting you say that. Uh, because I, I agree. And, you know, it's also it's hearing people's story and not stories and also being surprised and delighted by what you learn when you when you meet other people. I, I mean, what why are we on this? earth? Yeah. Certainly not to live in, in silos and, and be scared and distrustful and, and paranoid. Um, it's to come up with other people and see the, um, you know, the beauty and the in the stories and lives of others all around us and help make this a better country. I think I know how you might answer this, but um, can anyone have a conversation like this? And and how can they be successful at bridging divides um, with their own networks of friends and family without a facilitator? Um, and and I know that that part of this is that you people are are taught or they try to change their behavior where they can start having these conversations without a facilitator. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you think in that, in, in terms of that, um, sure. aspect of it. So, so, um, so, uh, so I have a couple of things and, and I actually, um, it may surprise you. So in terms of one small step, you know, there, there, there's, there's a group in the country through polling from one of the, um, organizations that we work very closely with called, um, more in common that are the, you know, really the global experts on reducing polarization around the world. Um, they've segmented the American population into a series of eight categories. And there are wings who are kind of the extremes. It's about 8% on either wing, um, extreme conservatives and extreme liberals. And and one small step is that is not our focus. In the middle is an exhausted majority of people who are scared of the divisions and um, want a better way for this country and are looking for a way out. And even since, you know, I, I, a lot's changed since since I spoke, and I think it was probably close to the opening, you know, when we were just launching and still testing in Wichita. Um, I, I mean, the gratitude that I hear for people to have something to do, because people are genuinely scared about what's going on in the country, is like, it's like waves. You know, the interest in one small step is, is you know, something I've, I've never, I've never seen before. Uh, in 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 you know the work that I've been doing for for all these decades, you know if if you're if, I would suggest if you're in Wichita that you start with a one small step conversation. Again, these are conversations with with strangers, but you know if you're um, that we we actually don't do things like family members because we are really tightly focused on 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 toxic polarization, dehumanization, and usually, hopefully, with family members that doesn't happen that you don't actually wish, you don't see the person in your family as evil. You you understand them a little bit better than that. I would say what we've learned from One Small Step, though, is that if it's a stranger or a family member, um, 
this may not be satisfying for people, but talking about politics actually um, at, at the beginning doesn't work. So you do not talk about politics in one small step interviews. I mean, we don't tell you what to say or not to say, but we urge people to stay away from that. And sometimes people get to the point where they can talk about politics. And I think part of the secret sauce of one small step is these these stories are being recorded and they're going to the Library of Congress and people realize that their great great grandchildren are going to you know listen to these someday. So they bring their best angels into the conversations. But I would say you know do a lot if if you're having a conversation with someone who you disagree with, um, you, you know do a lot of listening. Um, set you know don't don't try not to talk about politics and you know develop a strong. Um, sense of a bond and find things you have common before you delve into politics. But, um, you know, no one has ever changed their mind by being screamed at or called a name. Uh, so that that is not an effective strategy. And if that's and if it's someone who's kind of on the wings, as we talked about, the kind of eight percent on either side, you know, it, it may not be useful to ha have that conversation. But there's a whole vast group of people in the middle where it is useful. And, you know, one of the things to talk about may be, you know, what your fears are around the polarization and how you feel that, you know, your side may be misunderstood by the other side and what it is about, you know, the other side that that you appreciate, you know, and 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 take it kind of at from at a, at a slant. Don't go directly at, at the issues and don't don't fight because fighting really doesn't get you anywhere. It's really, you know, StoryCorps has always been more about listening than storytelling. So I think we as a country can do a much better job of listening to people. And one of the big problems we face in the country is that people just don't feel heard. And that's incredibly frustrating to people. So I think we can do a better job of listening to each other. I'm glad you brought up the whole family issue because, you know, the holidays are coming up. And um, so I, I, I appreciate what you have to say about this. Don't don't start talking politics right out of the, out of the uh, over the turkey dinner and Thanksgiving. It's probably not going to be helpful right out of the bat. Yeah. And also, you know, I think if you're, it gets performative, you, you know, StoryCorps, I, I I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not an expert in, um, in, 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 in this topic, but I would guess that, you know, if there's a group of people around, people may be more performative. So also one-on-one -on -one conversations are probably better than, um, than, than group conversations around issues, especially if, you know, someone feels like they're being backed into a corner. Um, so yeah, I would say, keep it, keep it personal. Don't go, don't talk about politics until you both feel comfortable. You can also ask your partner, like, do they feel comfortable talking about politics and go at it as, as trying to under, like you said, you know, what is the point of life? You know, that the joy of life is hearing people's stories. So instead of fighting, try and understand where they're coming from. And that's that, you know, the, 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 the amount of, um, ground you can make by taking that approach as opposed to, to fighting is, is, uh, there's no comparison. So this is all very interesting and I, and I love, uh, hearing about, um, this work. So how, how will you know if there has been success utilizing this technique here in Wichita or the state of Kansas and what, what kind of things are you using to, to, to measure this? What kind of metrics, uh, would you be looking at? So we, so we, we are now we're, we're just, it's just Wichita that we're focused on. Um, and as I said, this is, I, I, we think it's going to take 10 years, um, to have, uh, the kind of impact that we're looking to have. We're measuring a lot of, you, you know, we're obviously like a hard, 
art-based organization, but there's a lot of science behind it. So there's 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 a bunch of things we're measuring. One is the impact on the people who have participated in one small step conversations. And that is just one small step. It's one conversation, and we're trying to figure out what the second and third small step what is. Um, we're measuring the impact of content, what watching a story, two stories, three stories, how that changes people. And we're also polling in cities to see how those those towns where we're focused on model cities, again, Wichita, the first of our four model cities in the country. I don't think we're going to be adding that many more model cities um, in the country. So um, we it's, it's very hard to gauge what the end game is, how long it's going to take. You know, this is this is different than you know, really anything that's been tried before. And it, you know, it feels like we have kind of an antidote to a venom that is coursing, being poured into the veins, the 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 veins of our country. Um, and trying to figure out how to get that antidote to scale um and and do some good with it. Because we do know that the methodology, both the, you know, interviews themselves and the um and the content that people watch has an impact on people. So the end game would be that everybody in Wichita sees themselves as part of a one small step community, a model community, that there's pride in Wichita, that they are part of this, that the amount of uh, enmity, um, the the kind of uh, feelings that people have towards people across the political divide begin have changed significantly. And we're seeing that already in Wichita. Um, and and that the the um, levels of toxic polarization are you know the the are, are going you know in the exact opposite direction as where they're going in the rest of the country. Now we're going to be launching a fifty state strategy you, you know as well with one small step. Um, so uh, hopefully you know if if we're lucky and we work really hard and um, we can you know execute this in the right way, the country will begin moving in a different direction. But Wichita would be a city where, you know, the the levels of polarization are uh, are way down. The political discourse is um, different than in the rest of the country, and that you know people really see, as you said earlier, see the human being across the table from them, no matter what their politics are. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've lived in the in the city for about twenty seven years, and more recently, I've seen. Um, a willingness of people in the community to come together around particular issues um, that I hadn't seen before. And, you know, whether that's a cause and effect of any of this work, uh, that would remain to be seen. Um, but to your other point, you know, this this will take a while. People are impatient, right? Um, but this, to get to this point, took years, you know, so that's going to take a long time to unravel. And, and I'm, I'm yeah. happy well, no, to nothing, see, as you know, nothing good is easy. And, you know, I just, there's a Nelson Mandela quote, you know, it always seems impossible until it's done. And, you know, one of the reasons that, that Wichita became one of our first model city was because we saw that, um, that, um, you know, there was potential in Wichita. People felt like the city was enormously divided, but a vast majority of people were curious about what people on the other side had to say. So there was an opening there. And I, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to attribute change to anything, you know, we've done unless we can prove it. But I'm glad to hear that, you know, that you're seeing some of this in, in Wichita. And again, we're going to keep, we, we have not hit ubiquity in any way yet in, in Wichita. And I actually think that, you know, doing whatever we can with you and with WSU can help to get us there. 
Um, so, you know, we want to, as I said at the beginning, we want to work with you in every possible way to let every student and every alum from WSU know that you, you all are partners with us and that we're doing this in Wichita and get them engaged in this. And again, you know, we can, it's, it's kind of crazy to say, but again, going back to Mandela, you know, it seems, it seems crazy until it's done. You know, we can change together through the grassroots, the course of this country, if we can pull this off. Yeah, so uh, I I'm looking forward to, to seeing this progress. Uh, we have a team here at the university, and of course, our partnership with KMUW and supporting that station is going to continue to to do that. Dave, do you have any uh, last words uh, that you could offer us before we wrap this up? We really appreciate your time we'll um, this morning. No, thank thank you. Thanks for the work you do. Um, and thanks for, you know, creating an atmosphere on campus where, where, you know, hopefully the next, the next generation will do better at this than, than, than we are. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, and, and I think we're looking at an existential threat for our country and I, I am not a, you know, fear monger, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I think it's, it's, um, I, I feel like we're kind of frogs in water that's getting hotter and hotter and we don't quite see what's happening, but I have enormous hope in the country and believe in the basic goodness of people and really believe in Wichita. Uh, and we are not going anywhere and we feel honored to be working in Wichita and have this driven by, you know, all folks from all over Wichita who, who believe in this and um, who believe in each other. And I really do think that if we can pull this off, you know, Wichita can be, you know, seen as, as, um, a really special place by others in the country and serve as a model for how we can behave and treat each other and learn to love each other. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate your, your work on this. This is um, obviously near and dear to my heart, but many other people, as you mentioned in this community. Dave, it's good to talk with you and um, we're looking forward to seeing you next time you're in, in, in town. Same here. Thank you. Thank you, President Wilma. Really appreciate it. Take care. If you'd like to learn more about One Small Step or become part of a conversation, go to storycorps.org slash one small step. Join me when my next guest will be the Honorable Stephanie Dawkins Davis, WSU alum and U.S. Circuit Judge of the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to the Forward Together podcast. Go Shockers! Sponsorship for the Forward Together podcast is provided by Scott Rice Office Works and the Shocker Store.